Good evening, listeners. Welcome to The Hair Affair. This is Christine, your host, and I'm glad that you are joining me this evening. And if not on this Wednesday night, then maybe on Thursday morning. I don't know. All I know is that Christmas is close. We only have days away before Christmas Eve. And I do believe, what, we're down to three days? Two, four days? Three days? (laughs) Anyways, whatever that looks like, I know that this month has been a whirlwind for a December. And honestly, just going to be real here, it's been a little difficult for me to get into the Christmas mood this year. And I could have a lot of excuses like there's no snow on the ground, so it doesn't feel like Christmas. Living in Wyoming, every Christmas, there's snow. And it has been warm here at the salon Every afternoon, we have our door open. Something's just not right. It's just not feeling very Christmassy. Even though there's lights around the town, our Christmas tree is up, and I'm still being a little bah humbugish, Mrs. Scrooge. But I'm trying my best to get out of that mood. Really, I am. <laughs> I'm curious to know what everybody else is feeling this year. Is everybody else feeling kind of the same I am, just kind of blase about it and everything is just happening so fast and the month is just flying by and you're just not sure what's going on? Or are you really taken in the moment and trying to enjoy what the Christmas spirit is all about? And when I say that I've been trying to get myself into that spirit, I have been watching a number of Christmas movies and probably not some of the finest movies that both David and I can enjoy together, but I'm still watching them. And unfortunately, I have yet to watch my two favorite Christmas movies that I really love to watch at least one time every year. The Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant, and the second one is A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. And those two movies take me back to when I was a little girl And that was a family tradition that my mom and my grandmother and I did every year. In fact, it was my grandmother who introduced The Tree Grows in Brooklyn to me and both my mom and grandma who introduced The Bishop's Wife. I still have a couple days left to get those movies accomplished and get them watched. And I hope to get that done. Otherwise, it really will not feel like Christmas at all to me. The other hope that I had this December was to be able to pull together some pretty amazing podcasts in light of this of the spirit of Christmas. And that was something I was not able to do, which kind of put a little damper in things for my spirit. This is a new hobby that I love doing these podcasts and coming up with ideas. And I just feel like It's been hard this month to get those podcasts out like I want to. And for those of you that are faithful and just continue listening, I truly appreciate that. And I'm hoping after the first of the year, I've got some great ideas lined up and some special things. Stick with me and hopefully I will not disappoint. Now, tonight, I would like to read, it's a Christmas story, and I don't know if it's something or I don't know if it's a story that you have ever heard. Maybe you have, and it does have to do with hair. So I thought it was kind of fitting. And the title of the story is The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. And it goes like this. $1.87. That was all. And 60 cents of it in the smallest pieces of money, pennies. 
Penny saved one and two at a time by negotiating with the men at the market who sold vegetables and meat, negotiating until one's face burned with the silent knowledge of being poor. Three times, Della counted it. $1.87, and the next day would be Christmas. There was clearly nothing to do but sit down and cry, so Della cried, which led to the thought that life is made up of little cries and smiles, with more little cries than smiles. Della finished her crying and dried her face. She stood by the window and looked out unhappily at a gray cat walking along a gray fence in a gray backyard. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day, and she had only $1.87 to buy her husband Jim a gift. She had been saving every penny she could for months with, the, with this result. Jim earned $20 a week, which does not go far. Expenses had been greater than she had expected. They always are. Many a happy hour she had spent planning to buy something nice for him, something fine and rare, something close to being worthy of the honor of belonging to Jim. There was a tall glass mirror between the windows of the room. Suddenly, Della turned from the window and stood before the glass mirror and looked at herself. Her eyes were shining, but her face had lost its color within 20 seconds. Quickly, she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its full length. Now, Mr. and Mrs. James Dillingham Young had two possessions, which they valued. One was Jim's gold timepiece, the watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. Had the Queen of Sheba lived in their building, Della would have let her hair hang out the window to dry just to reduce the value of the Queen's jewels. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her, shining like a brown waterfall. It reached below her knees and made itself almost like a covering for her. And then quickly she put it up again. She stood still while a few tears fell on the floor. She put on her coat and her old brown hat, with a quick motion and brightness still in her eyes, she danced out the door and down the street. Where she stopped, the sign read, Madame Sofrani, hair goods of all kinds. Della ran up the steps to the shop out of breath. Will you buy my hair? asked Della. I buy hair, said Madame. Take your hat off and let's have a look at it. Down came the beautiful brown waterfall of hair. Twenty dollars, said Madame, lifting the hair with an experienced hand. Give it to me quick, said Della. The next few hours went by as if they had wings. Della looked in all of the stores to choose a gift for Jim. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. It was a chain, simple round rings of silver. It was perfect for Jim's gold watch. As soon as she saw it, she knew that it must be for him. It was like him, quiet and with great value. She gave the shopkeeper $21 and she hurried home with the 87 cents that was left. When Della arrived home, she began to repair what was left of her hair. The hair had been ruined by her love and her desire to give a special gift. Repairing the damage was a very big job. Within 40 minutes, her head was covered with tiny round curls of hair that made her look wonderfully like a schoolboy. She looked at herself in the glass mirror long and carefully. If Jim does not kill me before he takes a second look at me, she said to herself, he'll say I look like a song girl, but what can I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and 87 cents? At seven o'clock that night, the coffee was made and the, pat and the pan on the back of the stove was hot and ready to cook the meat. Jim was never late coming home from work. Della had the silver chain in her hand and sat near the door. Then she heard his step and she turned white for just a minute. 
She had a way of saying a little prayer about the simplest everyday things, and now she whispered, Please, God, make him think I'm still pretty. The door opened and Jim stepped in. He looked thin and very serious. Poor man, he was only 22 and had to care for a wife. He needed a new coat and gloves to keep his hands warm. Jim stopped inside the door, as immovable as a dog smelling a bird. His eyes were fixed upon Della. There was an expression in him that she could not read, and it frightened her. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor fear, nor any of the feelings that she had been prepared for. He simply looked at her with a strange expression on his face. Della went to him. Jim, my love, she cried. Do not look at me that way. I had my hair cut and sold because I could not have lived through Christmas without giving you a gift. My hair will grow out again. I just had to do it. My hair grows very fast. Say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let us be happy. You do not know what a nice, beautiful, nice gift I have for you. You have cut off your hair, asked Jim, slowly as he had not accepted the information, even after his mind worked very hard. Cut it off and sold it, said Della. Do you not like me just as well? I am the same person without my hair, right? Jim looked about the room as if he were looking for something. You say your hair is gone, he asked. You need not to look for it, said Della. I sold it. I tell you, sold and gone too. It is Christmas Eve, boy. Be good to me, for it was cut for you. Maybe the hairs of my head were numbered, she went on with a sudden serious sweetness, but nobody could ever count my love for you. Shall I put the meat on, Jim? Jim seemed to awaken quickly and put his arms around Della. Then he took a package from his coat and threw it on the table. Do not make any mistake about me, Dell, he said. I do not think there is any haircut that could make me like my girl any less. But if you will open that package, you may see why you had me frightened at first. White fingers quickly tore at the string and paper. There was a scream of joy and then, alas, a change to tears and cries, requiring the man of the house to use all his skill to calm his wife. For there were the combs, the special set of objects to hold her hair that Della had wanted ever since she saw them in a shop window. Beautiful combs made of shells with jewels at the edge, just the color to wear in, in the beautiful hair that was no longer hers. They cost a lot of money, she knew, and her heart had wanted them without ever hoping to have them. And now the beautiful combs were hers, but the hair that should have touched them was gone. But she had the combs to herself, and soon she was able to look up with a smile and say, My hair grows so fast, Jim. Then Della jumped up like a little burned cat and cried, Oh, oh! Jim did not yet see his beautiful gift. She happily held it out to him in her open hands. The silver chain seemed so bright. Isn't it wonderful, Jim? I looked all over town to find it. You'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how it looks on it. Instead of obeying, Jim fell on the couch and put his hands under the back of his head and smiled. Dell, he said, let's put our Christmas gifts away and keep them a while. They are too nice to use just right now. I sold my gold watch to get the money to buy the set of combs for your hair. And now why not put the meat on? The Magi were wise men, wonderfully wise men who brought gifts to the baby Jesus. They invented the art of giving Christmas gifts, being wise. Their gifts were wise ones. And here I have told you the story of two young people who most unwisely gave for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in the last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Everywhere they are wisest. 
they are the Magi. You know, sometimes it's not about the gifts that we receive, but the gift of giving ourselves. Think about that. And how could you brighten somebody's day? Not just this holiday season, not just this Christmas, but throughout the year. I hope you enjoyed this evening's little story. Be sure to check out my website at theheraffairwithchristine.com. On there are all my social media links. You can see my Instagram and you can see my Facebook page as well as the Hair Affair with Christine Facebook page. And be sure to follow and subscribe the podcast. And I hope that you all have a very Merry Christmas and I'll return for Stylist Sunday. Remember, it's not always about the hair. Good night.